Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Another interesting tune here. We're at 9 to 5, something we do not do as fantasy analysts, not, not in the least. Weekend fantasy update. He's Jim Day. I'm George Kurtz. Replacing Corey Parson and Joe Galena today. They should be back with you next week. We certainly hope they uh, are back. Well, maybe we don't. Maybe Jim and I will just take the show over and screw them. You know, sounds good to me, too. So, Jim, I'm uh, Monday night. I'm watching the Monday night game with my, my oldest daughter, Dakota. And uh, so my daughters are not the biggest sports fans. They're not. But Dakota, she'll watch games with me every now and then. But this is the first time, Jim, she's actually watched the game and asked questions, you know, trying to understand the game better, uh, you know, how the first downs work and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, we do that. And she's watching quietly for about 15, 20 minutes. And then she just pipes up out of nowhere that the players remind her of dogs. I'm like, what do you mean they remind you of dogs? And she goes, well... They're all just chasing a ball. It's at this point, Jim, that I started to reevaluate my life and the decisions I've made. Uh, you know, one She's of the things wrong. I always, yeah, no, one of the things I always tell everybody is that, you know, we get a lot of times when people ask a question that seems absurd. But in reality, nothing is absurd in this game because anything can happen on any given Sunday. We know that. We've seen it time and time again. You know, you have a top-ranked, let's say, Aaron Rodgers, and he's hurt. People asking, should they bench him? And other people saying, oh, that's stupid. You always play Rodgers. But there's got to be a point where you start to say, well, maybe not. You know, and it comes to fruition a lot of times. I mean, playing Brady against the Jags last week wasn't a good play. So people are getting upset. People asking, should I not? play Brady this week and say, no, that's stupid. You always play Brady. And, you know, which I agree to for the most part. (laughs) But uh, not always. There are times. So the one thing I tell everybody is, look, we play a game, we watch a game where the ball just doesn't bounce straight. It's not baseball. It's not basketball. It's not going to bounce straight to you. It bounces in every kind of weird direction you can think of. And anything you can think of that could happen on a Sunday could possibly happen. I agree. That's what makes the games great on Sunday. I mean, there I love football Sundays, Jim. Always have. I mean, it's just, it's just fun watching all the games. I mentioned uh, many times here, I have the ultimate man cave. When my wife and I moved into this house, I, I told her, I don't care if you, you, you could paint the, the rest of the house pink. I just needed this room. And I have three TVs above the fireplace. You know, I can watch three games. I got the Red Zone channel on one laptop, following stats on another laptop. So uh, it's, it's to me, it's the ultimate ultimate man cave here. And uh, I, I just I live for football Sundays. Totally live for it. It's just a it's a great absolutely it's a great time, uh, a great thing. Uh, I will try and do better with my daughters. Apparently, I have failed in life. Uh, <laughs> all just chasing a ball. Mm. All right, uh, Cincinnati. All right, uh, Cincinnati is at Carolina. Carolina's favored by three, so they're minus three. Over-under is 44 here. All right, Jim. Bengals. No Joe Mixon. Giovanni Bernard's in there. Uh, Probably going to handle a good part of the rushing load here. But, I mean, do you have as high as others? My problem with Giovanni Bernard is this. Still unlikely to be the goal line guy, assuming they get those opportunities. Uh, he's just not built that way. I think they'll go maybe even with Thomas Rolls. Uh, so how do you feel about Giovanni Bernard? I like him. Uh, look, great stat out is that, 
you know, when in games where he's had at least 16 touches, he's averaged over 18 fantasy points in PPR leagues. And, you know, that's what I think he, where he gets his value this week is I think they're going to have a lot of short passes to him, a lot of dump offs, get him out in the flat, uh, maybe a couple screens and, you know, get him in the open spaces where he can do some damage. That's that's his game. He's not somebody who's going to grind it up the middle uh, a, a lot and really be successful at it. So I think that's where he really gets his value this week, and I like him in that capacity. Tyler Boyd was a popular waiver wire pickup this week. Uh, I don't think, as I, I claimed him in a league or two as well. I did. But I don't necessarily think he's a start this week. He's, uh, will add, me, add some depth for me. I like what they, uh, they're using him more than Ross. And with the bye week starting to uh, come up next week, he's someone I can plug in during that time. How are you feeling about Boyd? And let's talk about Andy Dalton as well. He's got out to a nice start to the season. You think this could be once again? Dalton has had some top 10 fantasy finishes in the past. Do you think he's on his way to doing so again? Well, he looks healthy again. He looks like he's playing smart football. Uh, had a great first half last week, but then kind of got beat down a little bit in the second half. So we have to see how that goes. But, you know, A.J. Green is, is oh, always a threat. He gives you a, that big play guy every down so always have to be concerned you like you like to have a number two across from somebody like that and that looks to be Boyd but I'm with you I'm not sure he's an every week starter as yet I think if he continues to see the type of targets he saw in week two then that absolutely changes he becomes a, a nice wide receiver three play for you each and every week but until that is consistent because we really didn't see him get involved in the first half uh, first game we saw number two if that trend continues this week uh, and into next week Week, then absolutely, I think he becomes a guy you can trust in, you know, as a wide receiver three going forward. John Ross, you know, he's just not getting any plays. They're not throwing the ball downfield to him. From what I've seen, he hasn't really created a lot of separation, even with all that speed. Yeah, like I said, uh, I'm much more on Boyd right now than I am on Ross. You know, we'll switch over to Carolina. Yeah, we know we're starting Christian McCaffrey. You're starting Cam Newton. Jim. Who else are we starting here? Anyone? Anyone? I'm starting Devin Funches. Absolutely. I, somebody's got to get these targets. Cam's going to throw a bunch uh, in this game, I think. Uh, so I, I definitely, I, I'm getting Funches in my lineup where I can. Uh, I, you know, he's going to catch six, seven, eight balls, I think, this week. So I, I definitely like him. And, you know, Cincinnati so far on the season is 20th against opposing wide receivers. They've given up 33 receptions and an average of 40.2 fantasy points to the wide receiver position each week. So, yeah, I definitely like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you probably – I have fun just in a league or two. I'm starting him. I think he's been underwhelming. I think Cam himself, as a passer, he's underwhelming. His accuracy, uh, as we all know, is uh, questionable to say the least. Uh, fun just has 10 receptions, 118 yards on the season on 14 targets, so he's caught a, a nice percentage of his targets. It's just a non-sexy play, but I agree. You're going to have to start him out more than likely here. So game predictions here, Jim. I mentioned Carolina, minus three, over under 44. What you got? Uh, yeah, um, this is one I think goes under. Uh, I'm going to, you know, if I would bet this game, I would go with the under on this. Uh, I, I actually, I thought I saw it this morning at 45, so maybe it changed again. Uh, it's been back and forth a few times as well. Uh, but right now, I, I think this is an under game. Uh, but you got to remember, this was a game when it, when it, the first line came out, they started out as 43 and a half. Uh, and like I said, I got them at 45 this morning. You say 44. So they've gone back and forth quite a bit in this game, trying to find that exact right line. But I think at 45, I think I'd bet the under. Yeah, I'm using mybookie.ag for anybody who's wondering here. And right now I said it is uh, under 44 and plus three uh, for Cincinnati. So who you got in the game? I agree with you about the under. I would go under as well. Uh, I yeah, Cincinnati's playing well, but I think I got to give the the – Nod to Carolina at home, but that three, you know, if it was, if it was two and a half points, I'd like it a lot more than that three. Cause I think that three could be right on the money. I'm going to, I said, I'm not betting this game by the way, just, but if I had to make a pick, I I'm going Cincinnati uh, for the reasons you've mentioned. I think it's a close game either way. I mean, once again, it could always be, uh, you know, they're winning by three and they get a score a late touchdown. They win by 10. That wouldn't shock me, but I think it's a close game. I'll take Cincinnati here, although. Eh, I, I wish it was in Cincinnati, but then they'd be getting, uh, they'd be giving three points. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the game of the day, or at least at the one o'clock games, New Orleans, Atlanta. We expect points to be put on the board. 
Uh, Atlanta is favored uh, by three. The overrun is 53 and a half. So it's expensive. Saints. That's not going to be a real easy one here. Outside of Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas, can we start anyone else? Uh, at this point, no. Uh, nobody I trust. They're going to move it around. Ted Ginn's not 100%. Uh, he was on the, the injury report this week. It's questionable. He's going to play, but, you know, it's so hard to trust anybody else on this. Coming into the season, I, I'll admit, I was really big on Ben Watson. I thought he'd do more. I mean, it's not like he's been shut out. He's getting his plays, but nothing big, nothing consistent. So, uh, at this point, no. I think you, you stick with the big trio, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I don't see anyone else here. With the Saints, and I, uh, this is another uh, interesting question I received uh, somewhere today. I don't remember where I received these questions, so if I make a mistake, I apologize. Someone had a trade, and I'm trying to think of the exact trade here, but uh, it involved Mark Ingram. So I guess what, what I want to ask you is this. Mark Ingram, what do you think his role is going to be when he returns, same as last year, where he was, you know, almost 50-50 with Kamara, and they both go uh, ballistic, or is it a reduced role, where maybe he's just more secondary back to Kamara's the main guy. I think we know Kamara's the main guy there. But that Mingram isn't going to be any, used anywhere near what he was last season. So how are you feeling no, about I'm going with it. I'm going with option A. I, I think they bring him back. I think he goes right back into that main role. Look, they don't want Kamara touching the ball 20 times a game. He can't stand up to it, and he's shown he doesn't need to. He's very efficient with the touches he gets, putting up fantasy points for us hand over fist, so we don't want him going down either. So I think they go back to limiting his role to what he did last year, still makes a big place. He still does what he does. Uh, but once Ingram comes back, he's still going to be that, you know, between the the tackles runner, you know, getting those goal line carries because that's what he does. And secondly, because they don't have anything invested in him next year. Uh, he's a free agent after this season. Why not run him until he's, he's done with them? They, they're not looking to bring him back. Right, I found the question, which I already know what your answer is from the, how you answered this. The question was uh, a full PPR. Uh, an owner was willing to trade Duke Johnson for Mark Ingram. Which side do you want to be on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's an I easy one answer. right now. I'm taking Ingram, yes. I, I, and by the way, as I would always, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to do a little PSA here for all of us analysts or anyone who gets asked questions. When you have a name like Johnson, Williams, Smith, <laughs> for the love of God, spell out the first name because this person actually wrote D. Johnson. Now, I, I can assume it's Duke because you know, no one's trading David Johnson for Ingram. All right. Actually, wait, 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 wait. Actually, don't assume that at all. I know. Because there's a lot of people out there freaking out about David Johnson right now. I literally had some guy ask me this past week if he should drop David Johnson. So don't make any assumptions that way. (laughs) But that's why for the the PSA, spell out the first name when you have a common (laughs) last name like that. You know, uh, less we want to say is, well, because we have to answer two questions. If it's David or if it's Duke. Yep. You know, and that can get real annoying real quick. And then we have to ask him whether it's PPR scoring or not. <laughs> well, I, I assume now it's PPR. I just, I mean, most of my, the questions I'd say are three quarters PPR. So I assume PPR. If you don't say it, I'm assuming PPR. Standard, we, we really need a different name than standard now. Yeah, right? exactly. Non, I guess non-PPR. Because PPR, PPR boring. is standard. I call it boring. I mean, it's the way I look at it. If you're in a standard league, you know, then the receivers aren't valued as much. If you're in a two-quarterback league, whether it's two-quarterback or super flex, you have to play in a PPR because you need to devalue the quarterbacks a little bit. You need to bring those other players up, so you have to play in a PPR. If, you play, if you're in a standard and a two-quarterback league, all you're doing is drafting quarterbacks. They're going to score a million points, and those are the guys you want. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I – mean, I, I never really thought about using the word boring, but I prefer PPR. I do. I think it's, it's fair as far as getting more players involved in the game, and that's the way I really lean there. And right, it Falcons. makes it uh, – well, real quick, and just last point on PPR, it makes it a much tougher draft than just drafting guys who score touchdowns. Now, one more question. What is your favorite type of league? Out of all the leagues you play in, what do you like – I mean, do you like IDP? Do you want to get rid of the kicker? Do you want to add 10 flexes? What's your favorite? If you could schedule your uh, a league, 
not not just to have fun, but that, that this league, oh, my favorite type of league ever. I want to play this. I'm going to invite. I'm only going to invite people who I love to play with me. What type are you setting up? Well, back in 2007, I set up a league that was called Utter Chaos, and it literally was. It was full IDP. Uh, actually, again, more IDP players than offensive players. It uh, it started uh, two quarterbacks, only one running back, and you could only roster three running backs. Um, it started four wide receivers, a, a couple of flexes. But the scoring was set up in such a way that if you looked at the top 50 scorers, you could have a defensive tackle in the top 10. Like so it. it really it made the, the draft so different because all of a sudden running backs weren't as valued as high. I mean, in a lot of those drafts, running backs weren't even drafted till ninth, 10th round while you're drafting other positions. So that's what I like. Again, take take people out of their comfort zone. Make them throw away their cheat sheet because it ain't going to do them any good except to cross off a name. <laughs> uh, I like it. Actually, I have no problem with that. I remember, I remember you talking about that somewhere along the line. I heard that other chaos before. All right, let's finish up uh, New Orleans Atlanta real quick. Listen, we know we're starting Ryan. You're starting Coleman. You're starting Jones. Sanu, Ridley, or neither? I like Ridley this week. Uh, again, this is I think going to you know they're going to put the ball up. Vegas has him you know fifty four point over under. Uh, you know Atlanta's got a implied point total of twenty eight point five. I think Ridley is going to be a guy that uh, is a real good pick this week, and I love him in DFS. Last one, let's pick the game. Atlanta New Orleans. Atlanta's minus three over under fifty three and a half. What you got? I'm going with Atlanta in this one. I, I think uh, given the three points is, is uh, enough. I think Atlanta wins this one outright, covers the spread, uh, and I would take the over. Same here. I got Atlanta in the over as well. I think that's, uh, I don't want to say a lock, but if, if it was in New Orleans, I'd feel differently. And New Orleans finally hadn't started 0-2 in the season, so good for them. But I'm taking the Falcons in this game, even though they are beat up a little bit on defense. Weekend Fantasy Update, Jim Day, George Kurtz. We'll be back to discuss Denver and Baltimore right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Again, good tunes, good tunes. Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm George Kurtz. He's Jim Day. Once again, you can call if you want your questions answered during the 3 o'clock hour. We'll take questions in about 40 minutes. 1-844-84-FNTSY. That's 1-844-843-6879. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, the site that has produced $7 million winners, and click on Go Premium. There you will gain access to a line optimizer that will help you compose your daily fantasy rosters on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Not only has DailyRoto.com produced 7 millionaires, but it's produced millions more in winnings for its subscribers. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click on the new sports betting tab where you'll be able to use the same tools and algorithms that produced all those winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, player props, where you can capitalize player performances on without having to worry about salary caps. That's DailyRoto.com and click on Go Premium, the industry website where millionaires are made, literally. Jim, are you a millionaire? Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think either one of us would be here if we were. I'm pretty much a thousand there. Oh, hey, that's that's saying something, right? Hey, we, we survived this long. That's all that matters. All right, so I'm, I'm happy to still be here uh, this long. All right. I have an interesting quitter. Uh, quitter. Yeah. Question on Twitter. Quitter. I, I think I just coined a new term, by the way. I'm, I know that's a theme song to something. I'm assuming how to be a millionaire. Sean's usually very good with this. Yeah, you got it. I'll assume that's how to be a millionaire. There you go. Never really watched the show all that much, but uh, a little Regis Philbin for everybody. How to be a millionaire. Apparently, follow uh, DailyRoto.com and you'll be a millionaire. So, Jim, we got another question on Twitter from Patrick Bell again. And uh, 
Aaron Rodgers or Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, as good as Fitzpatrick's been, can you start him over Aaron Rodgers, who has a decent matchup himself on the road at Washington? A-Rod or Fitzpatrick, Jim? Look, Washington's played well against the pass so far this year. Uh, two, number two against opposing quarterbacks, number three against opposing wide receivers. But, again, that was against Arizona and Indianapolis. So, again, you, you know, times when you can make stats say anything you want. Uh, you know, look, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I love the way he's playing right now. But if Aaron Rodgers is on the field, I'm starting him. Plain and simple, no getting cute with it. Uh, there's, you know, a risk that he doesn't finish a game because of the knee, but I don't care. If he's on the field, I'm playing him. Uh, same thing. That's what, that's what I typed in there. I can't sit A-Rod. I can't do it. He scored 29 against Minnesota, who may have the best defense in the NFL, certainly one of the top three, top five. Uh, I can't sit him. Just can't do it. All right, Jim. Denver, Baltimore. Baltimore minus five and a half, over under is forty five and a half. We'll get to that over under later. As uh, that looks that looks high to me. Denver. Uh, listen, I imagine we're starting Thomas. We're starting Emmanuel Sanders. What are you doing at running back here? You're starting to get a little frightened. Another question I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, and I saw if I'm seeing a lot of, so so are you. Royce Freeman, panicking a little bit there. Philip Lindsay's coming and making his mark. Freeman, maybe more the goal line guy here. If you can only choose Freeman or Lindsay, which one? Right now, I think you got to choose Lindsay, no doubt about it. He's looking better. He's more explosive. Um, you know, he just seems to have a knack, uh, even at 5'7", to be able to run up the middle because I, I think the defenses can't, can't find him amongst the offensive linemen. So he's showing good ball skills all the way across the board. You know, at, at this point, you got to go with Lindsey. And the thing that's killing me with Freeman is even last week, uh, he actually got out-snapped by Devontae Booker. And I don't think Booker has any talent at all and shouldn't be anywhere near a starting lineup. You'll get well, no from me. I'm 100% on board there. I'm on that same bandwagon as well. I don't. Booker should not be taking carries away from either one of these guys unless there's an injury concern there. Uh, listen, Freeman owners, patience. Okay, I think it'll pay off eventually. I am a Freeman owner in a league or two, so uh, I'm going to have to wait. Right now, Lindsey's the hot guy playing too well. You know, if I'm the head coach there, I'm starting him too. Okay, he's just playing too well. Uh, listen, I, I assume neither one of the starting case came in anything other than a two-quarterback league, and even then, not the best matchup for Keenum against Baltimore here. Baltimore. I'll ask you the same question about their running backs, which is a little bit more cloudy. Alex Collins... Tavorius Allen, Buck Allen, what are you doing? Again, I only play in PPR league. So if I'm talking PPR league, I got to go with Buck Allen because, first of all, he's the pass catching back there. Second of all, Alex Collins, you know, week one fumbled, got benched for a little while, just hasn't really gotten as highly involved as everybody expected him to be. And now we're starting to see Buck Allen take some of the goal line carries away from him as well. Uh, just that combination right there is, is says to me that Buck Allen is the play in this offense. You know, it, it's got to change at some point. Look, they need to get Alex Collins more involved. They need somebody who can grind out a clock in that division. They need somebody that they can go to when they need to. And that's going to be Collins. That's not going to be Buck Allen. So it's not going to surprise me that one of these weeks when we're saying play Buck Allen, that it's going to be Collins that comes out and they get feed him the ball a ton and he finally has a good game. But until that happens, i got to be wary of him. Are you, when it comes to Collins, I agree with your, the analysis, by the way. Uh, as far as he's on your roster, you're not starting him this week. How sure are you that he'll be useful at some point this season? Are you one of those guys, okay, maybe I do have to move on from him. You know, maybe if you, let me put it this way. Let's say you needed a running back this week. You know, and once again, the three guys we've talked about all show, Clement, uh, uh, Bernard, Murray, they're out there. You need a running back. You've you got injuries. You're, let's say, say you're 0-2 as well. Let's put it all against you. You're 0-2. You need a running back this week. You have nobody else you really want to drop, only really valuable players. Would you th consider dropping Collins? to pick up one of those running backs, or are you going to hold Pat? I would. Look, no, I would consider dropping Collins this week and picking up one of those other running backs because unless Collins picks this week to go off, there's probably a really good shot you can get him back next week. Um, so, 
you know, right now with the talk of Mixon possibly mi- missing more than originally thought, you know, maybe some people are speculating up to seven weeks, which is kind of nuts. But if that happens, then Bernard is, is a great play. Uh, with Cook, you definitely have concerns. Soft tissue injuries could linger for running backs and could be a concern for a while here. So, you know, Murray definitely has a role on his own to some degree anyway. They definitely trust him. They know what he can do, as he did last year when Cook went down. So he's another guy that's not a bad guy to have. And so I think I could make that move this week in the thought that I could probably get him back next week if I have to. I just think you you just said something that's extremely smart. The fact that maybe if you release Collins, I know it's rare, Jim. I know you're not not used to this. (laughs) But I think what you said, they're playing Denver. Odds are Collins is going to have a bad game. So if you release him, and if you are going to release him, I would make sure you release him as close to the lineup lock as possible. This way nobody can claim him for this week anyway. But he's probably going to have a bad game. This is probably not the week he breaks out. And therefore you will be able to get him back. You probably have to pay for him a couple of dollars, but it won't cost you a fortune. So I think that's people sometimes don't look at that. Uh, what's the matchup anyway? You're not, you don't want to start him. He's playing Denver. He's going to have a bad game. You release him. You uh, It'll, like I said, it will cost you something, but you'll be able to get him back. I think he still has value. I do. But I think it's not going to be this week. You know, and it's, it's a problem, man. They, they play Pittsburgh next week. Then it's Cleveland, Tennessee, New Orleans. They, the schedule gets better. That's what I'm trying to say. The schedule gets better. I think you need to be patient. But if you need, you know, like I said, you're 0-2. You need it back. Even 1-1, I could see you moving on from Collins and, uh, you know, finding something that can help, help you more this week. That's another – do you think any – of the Raven wide receivers. Once again, they're playing Denver. Good defense. Do any of the Raven wide receivers help you this week? Look, I, I'm still a Michael Crabtree guy. I, I like Crabtree. I've always liked Crabtree. Uh, you know, I, I still have no clue why Oakland would have let him walk. Uh, he did good things for them. And, you know, I probably behind the scenes stuff that we just don't know about. But I still like him. I think if Baltimore is going to get involved in this passing game at all, Denver's, you know, they're, so far in the season, uh, they've given up three passing touchdowns to wide receivers in two weeks against Seattle and Oakland. So, you know, we're not talking two really great offenses so far this season. So I, I like Crabtree. I think there's an outside chance Crabtree scores a touchdown this week. Yeah, I'm not as high on you. I'm not As far as this week is concerned, I have no problem with Crabtree for the year. But this week, I'm not touching any of these guys. Uh, I do like John Brown, but I assume I can do better. Receivers deep. The buys haven't hit yet. I assume I can do better this week. Just not a big fan of the matchup. I would have liked to have seen Crabtree and Tlaib end up on the same team. You know, they might have snatched some more gold chains from each other. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> but uh didn't happen. All right, game picks. I imagine Baltimore, minus 5.5. Over-under is 45.5. What do you got? Uh, I say punt. Um, <laughs> I don't <laughs> like this at all. I, you know, if it's for me... Because I, I do think it's going to be a tight game. I actually might play the money line on Denver's side in this one at plus 185. You know, I, I think if I'm going to take a risk on this game, I think I like that payout on the money line the best out of all these options. Yeah, I'm going Denver as well. The over-under bothers me because it seems like it's high. This is one of those ones where I would go, what does Vegas know? I mean, uh, Denver hasn't exactly lit it up. Baltimore didn't play very well. They took get the extra couple of days rest because they played on Thursday night. Uh, Case Keenan's banged up. That over-under, I mean, it looks like I should be hammering the under here, but they just know something. That's what always scares me in Vegas when something looks out of whack here. But uh, still, I go under here in, uh, in Denver. I like that. I don't think it's going to be a... Uh, a massively high-scoring game. Now, unless there's a couple of defensive returns here, which I'll hope, I'll have to hope and, against. And it's obvious that people early on believed you because, I mean, the original over and under for this game was 43 and a half. So obviously, people were betting the the other side of it, trying to get that number, and now all of a sudden the numbers increase. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I agree with you. I think it's too much, but again, what does Vegas know that we don't? Right. Uh, they're they're good at this. They're pretty damn good. They make their money, you know. So like I said, it scares me a, a little bit. All right, I Jim. went to I went to a to high school with a guy. Even in high school, I, I mean, was outstanding. Uh, remember those little white betting sheets we used to get when we were younger, where you could pick. I love games? those things. Yeah, yeah. I wish they were still around. Those were great. But this is a guy in high school who used to pick ten out of ten. Uh, 
like almost consistently every week. And it's really no coincidence that he went on to be one of Vegas's top handicappers, uh, a guy by the name of Wayne Allen Root that uh, you know, went on to make tons of money doing this stuff uh, in Vegas for a long time. Actually, a couple of years ago, he tried to run as a vice president candidate on the independent ticket because he's a very conservative politician, but uh, he's a very good handicapper. There guy, listen, there are all people in all walks of life that have gifts, and it's just a gift of his. You know, the, the handicap, good for him. So I certainly wish I could do it. Uh, all Me right. too. We got to talk about <laughs> Giants and Texans, Jim. Giants and Texans. Giants are uh, plus six, over under 42 and a half. Uh, listen, Giants, go. Don't start anybody, no. <laughs> Look, um, yeah, this is, this is going to be a tough game. A, a tough game all the way around. And it, for me, it, it's come down to a thing where I never bet a Giants game, ever. Uh, because my heart gets involved more than my mind. Uh, the Giants' defense has been playing really well against Jacksonville and Dallas. They've done well. They're number five against the pass against the opposing quarterbacks, number six against opposing wide receivers, um, and even number one against tight ends. But, again, they play Jacksonville and Dallas. Neither one really has a stand-up crazy tight end that you can count on. So, um, But the fact of the matter is they're – Probably going to be within without Eli Apple this week, which is probably going to open the door for Will, Will Fuller a ton in this game. I, I think they're going to have a real hard time trying to shut him down. So for me, the 42.5 actually looks, to me, a little too low. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Houston puts up a, a 27 points in this game, in which case I think they hit the over. But uh, – yeah, it's tough for me to bet a Giants game. It's just too much heart involved. Now, when it comes to betting, uh, I did this last week. I fully, I, I told Cam Stewart uh, on the uh, show, Fantasy Football Live, that I bet the Giants last week against the Cowboys. And not that I had faith the Giants would win, but I wanted to be happy at the end of the night. Either the Cowboys were going to win or I was going to win some money. So uh, that's why I did that. Do you ever do that? Do you ever bet against the Giants? Not because you think they're going to, to lose, but because, well, one way or another, I'm going to be happy at the end of the game. No, never. I, I I literally just stay away from giant games totally, one hundred percent. I don't even think about them. Yeah, well, that did, uh, I got the Cowboys won, so I guess it worked out for me. Although I don't think the Cowboys are going anywhere this year. Uh, so anyway, Giants. No Olivia Vernon. Uh, Eli Apple is out, so the Giants have some issues. Uh, if I see that gif one more time, Eli Manning looking like. Uh, he was dazed and confused after that hit in the Cowboy game. It was funny at first. It's, it's overplayed now, boys and girls. Okay, you can stop. Please stop. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you a question. How did you feel? I don't think we talked. We might have talked about this on one of the shows. I know you were a guest, and I might have asked you before. How did you feel about the Giants drafting Barkley? Uh, and what I mean by that is, listen, I think Barkley is an all-world talent, going to be great. But I don't think in this day and age of the NFL you could pass up on a franchise quarterback. But as a Giant fan... Were you on board with this, or do you think they made a mistake as well? I don't think they made a mistake. Look, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, there's no guarantees when it comes to quarterback that any of these guys drafted earlier are going to end up being franchise quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen it before. The guys drafted early just never not doing what they expected to do. So it's never a guarantee, no matter who you take. Um, I think you know Barkley is more of a guarantee that he's going to be a star than the quarterbacks are. I do think you know Baker Mayfield is going to be a star at some point, but he was gone already. Uh, the rest of the quarterbacks definitely have, have their own issues. So imagine one of these, imagine one of these rookie quarterbacks behind this offensive line. You could literally do to them what happened to Derek Carr when he got literally beaten up behind that Houston O-line back in the day and was never the same quarterback again. So, you know, they thought they still had something with Eli. And look, Eli can still win games in this league, but you got to give him at least a second to throw the freaking ball. That's where they made the mistake. If they weren't going to spend it on a quarterback, they should have went out and got the best offensive tackle in the draft and picked him right there and solidified this O-line. The fact that Eric Flowers is still a starting tackle in this league is ludicrous to me. This boy should be playing either flag football or in the Canadian Football League because he's atrocious. All right, we found the nerve. We found the nerve. Giants offensive line is the nerve that gets the gym. Uh, not that he's wrong, of course. I think we all know that. I, I don't think the Giants can be totally playing. I mean, you signed Soda from New England. You drafted Will Hernandez, who I think is going to be a good one. 
Uh, but yeah, she needed more help than that. And Flowers, I think, uh, moving him to right on, to the right side uh, was probably not the smartest thing. Now you lost your center. Uh, I think the problem with Eli is I think he sees the rush no matter what. He's just he's at that age, but hit so many times. He's seeing it. He's feeling it, whether it's there or not. And it's there more, more often than, than not. Cowboys have a nice front seven. It's not the best in the, in the league by a, a long ways. Uh, so I think it's going to be a problem for the Giants there. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about this game, more mainly the Houston side after the break here. But, uh, I mean, are you starting Shepard, Ingram? Do you feel better about one or the other? I like Ingram. Uh, I like Ingram more than Shepard. Look, Eli has absolutely not enough time to get to read to where he gets to Shepard. So I think that if I'm going to play any of those guys, it's going to be Ingram. Agreed. Weekend fantasy update. We will discuss the Houston Texans when we get back. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Oh, one of my favorites. Love this song. Nice. I think I like this. Maybe a little bit more up tempo. But yeah, that's a good tune. Uh, I got bad news for Corey, by the way. He can never come out to my house. Possums? I see them all the time. Raccoons? They're around. Yeah. Saw them the other night. You know, listen, you come out to uh, deep front of Long Island, we get all that stuff. Uh, I've never uh, seen a skunk. I get everything here because my house is at the end of a cul-de-sac that backs up to a park. So I have literally everything. We have two red wolf, uh, two red foxes we see all the time, deer out the wazoo. We get a little bit of everything here at my house. So I love it. Yeah, we get deer as well. I think my uh, neighbors always claim a deer eat the, uh, I forget what plant they eat. Uh, if you said it, I'd know it. But uh, they're always eating that in front of the house. I don't have it, so they don't really bother my house all that much. Uh, except that I hit one. Not by my house. So I hit one on the way to the studio. Uh, to do a uh, yeah, that that sucked. That really sucked, Jim. Let me tell you, that did a lot of damage, man. But uh, it was literally a deer in the headlights. Damn thing stopped right in front of me. You gotta be kidding me. I think I used slightly stronger language than that. There was a couple of f bombs in there, but uh, I was not happy. But yes, yeah, so I get a lot of wilderness out here as well. A uh, little baseball note for you, Jim. Just a little baseball note, mainly because of what's happening in the game in Atlanta uh, today. Mike Fultonavich has a no-hitter through six innings for the Atlanta Braves. They're currently in the bottom of the six. Atlanta leads 4 nothing. I'm sure I jinxed the hell out of it now. But uh, Fulte, no-hitter through six. Jim, I, I play in a points league. My home league is a points league. I have Fulte. I am in second place. This would cut down the lead to first place by about 80%. I could really use this, Jim. Really, You're going to hear me dancing a jig if he gets a no-hitter for the next hour and 15 minutes. So uh, I, I really need to come on. I mean, the fantasy gods, for the love of God, you give me so many players on a DL this year. All right? I've had to fight tooth and nail. It's a weekly lineup league. All my players always get hurt on Tuesdays. I deserve this. I probably don't, but I'm hoping for it anyway. So, uh, faulty, no-hitter through six. 4 nothing Braves. They're going into the... Uh, top of the seventh now once again jim and i are going to take your phone calls take your questions we're going to open up the phone lines next segment so that'll be in about 15 20 minutes one eight, oh there's four, a four, double eight. to left field shut up i'm watching the game jim okay you're not even remotely funny don't pick this game to be the first baseball game you've watched this decade i don't want to hear it uh yeah, I'll be listen. I'll be crying if it's two outs of a ninth and he gets a hitter. You're you're taking the rest of the show because I'm just I'm just going to my wife's liquor cabinet and I'm just down in vodka. One eight, uh, phone lines one eight four four eight four FNTSY. That's one eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. What the hell is this? Yeah, really. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, too. He's trying to send you some kind of subtle message. I just don't know what it is. It's not a good one, either. I know that. <laughs> it's the trolling song. 
<laughs> oh, okay, the trolling song. I get it. I get it. I got nine outs left, baby. Now, I'm sure the first batter on the seven is going to get a hit here. So uh, it'll be over. <laughs> and please, by the way, if they're going to break up the no-hitter, break it up now. Don't break it up in the ninth inning, okay? That's just killer. Killer. Break break it up now. I, I can live with that. Uh, <laughs> killing me, Sean. Absolutely not nice. All right, Jim. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. You already said, really, it's not, really not much else to talk about. You're starting Hopkins. You're starting Deshaun Watson. You mentioned you like Will Fuller. I agree. I think he's going to have a big game. No Eli Apple. No Vernon to get to the quarterback. Watson should have all day to throw. Lamar Miller. I know we're starting him. I mean, Jim, I'm not so sure he'd be the starter this year if Foreman would have been healthy and entering camp. He wasn't. He's on IR. How are you feeling about him long term? Uh, you know, I think. Once Deshaun Watson really gets back to playing at the level he was at last year, then that absolutely helps Miller. It opens it up wide for him. Uh, but we haven't seen that yet. Watson has been slow starting this year, had a bad preseason. First couple of, The first game definitely wasn't very good. Last week started to come alive with Full, Will Fuller back in the matchup. Seems to be a real key for him is having Will, Fuller opposite uh, Hopkins on the other side. Works out well for him. So I, I think he'll start to come around, and as he does, that will increase Lamar values uh, Lamar Miller's value. So right now I'm telling people, look, uh, he hasn't done much yet. I think he's a great buy-low candidate. Well, I jinxed the, hell, uh, jinxed the hell out of that no-hitter. It was just broken up. So uh, <laughs> I'm not crying, though. Hey, it was in the seventh. What, what, I can deal with it. Was it a double? It was not a double, Jim. It was not oh. a double. <laughs> uh, single by Cesar Hernan. Uh, actually, I think it's Odubel Herrera. Come and think of it. Single by Odubel Herrera. Right up the middle. Uh, no doubt. He lined it right through there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, both these are going to happen. All right. A shutout would still be good, man. We cut the lead about in half. I'll take a shutout. So Two-run homer. Oh, nice. Yeah, great. Stab is all. Uh, all right. Houston minus six, over under 42 and a half. What you got? Uh, let's see. Okay. My heart says bet the Giants, take the points. So that means my brain says go the opposite way. <laughs> Take Houston, lay the points. I agree. I'm taking Houston this one as well. Houston's home opener. I think they win the game. I think they'll cover the spread. Although the Giants, it wouldn't shock me if it happens like last week, but they almost came back to cover because the eh, game was over. Demons didn't care as much. Uh, I just think, once again, that offensive line, Clowney's going to have a day. He's back. Uh, J.J. Watt, I think it's going to be a problem. I do. Oh, yeah. Okay, over <laughs> Oakland-Miami. Another game I don't know how much I'll be paying attention to, but, hey, Dolphins are actually in first place in the AFC East. Scary. It hurts to say that, Jim. Hurts. Oakland's plus three. The overrun is 44 and a half. Let's talk about the Raiders. I mean, I got to assume you're not starting Derek Carr in anything other than a two-quarterback league or Superflex. Amari Cooper's in your lineup. Marshawn. Let's talk Marshawn Lynch. Where does he rank among your running backs? I have I have Lynch, I think, uh, 19 this week. Uh, look, Lynch is doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's getting you double-digit fantasy points. Uh, he's scoring each week, and I think that trend continues. Miami so far in the season is 22nd 20 against opposing running backs. Uh, they've given up 25.5 fantasy points in PPR leagues to those running backs. I think uh, Lynch is a good play in this one because I think they're going to need him to be. Miami's defense has played much better against the pass than they have against the run. I, actually, I have Lynch a couple of uh, steps higher than you, so I agree with you about Lynch. Mid-range running back, too. That's where I have Lynch. I think he's going to have uh, – I think he'll get to the end zone. Uh, we already mentioned Carr Cooper. <sighs> Jordy Nelson, hold, keep, or, or reserve? What are you doing with him? Ah, man, yeah. I, all the talk they were doing about him in the preseason, I really thought that was going to come – and be a big part of this, but it really hasn't come into play yet. Then, then they went back out and re-signed uh, Martavis Bryant. and just doesn't look good. I, I'm just not sure what to uh, believe with this team anymore. I Personally, myself, I don't like Cooper this week. Uh, I think he's got a tough matchup. Uh, I just don't know if I trust him going up against this. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, he's not a guy that I roster much. I think I have two... Two of him in 173 leagues. He just because he's so up and down. He is one of the most inconsistent wide receivers. And people who were drafting him in the third round ahead of guys like you know 
Landry and Fitzgerald. And, you know, I know Fitz has gotten off to a slow start too, but I still trust him more than I do Cooper. And it just didn't make any sense to me. So I have him very little, and I just don't like him today at all. I actually have him as a sit this week. I only have him in one league uh, as well. That's why I'm not a big believer here. I'm, I'm 2-0 and with him, though. Sat him week one against the Rams and wanted no part of that. Started him last week. Only because I didn't like some other matchups either, because I didn't like that matchup. But he had a big game against Denver, and Gruden seems to be wants to make it a point to get him the ball here. I do like Cooper tomorrow. I'm starting him. Uh, I don't. I think Miami's. It's two games. I think their defense is a little overblown here because of, they played Tennessee in that game that was the twelve hour game. That's I think it's still being played. By the way, you can play yeah. it somewhere uh, with the delays that were in that game. I think, I think that threw that off. And uh, so I'm st- I'm still a believer. That's the bottom line. I'm, I'm a believer in Cooper. But I don't love him, that being said. Uh, Nelson, I agree with you. I- I'm moving on. I didn't draft him anywhere anyway, but if I did, you know, it- it's not working out. It looks like Green Bay knew what they were doing there when they released him. It's just uh, it's just not happening. Miami. Uh, boy. Uh, Kenny Stills? I guess we can go with Kenny Stills. Good deep threat for Tannehill. He'll just be the only person he can really make any kind of connection with. Stills, Devontae Parker. They didn't play Parker last week. Parker bitched about it. And it does look like they've committed to studying him this week either. If you drafted Parker, which is probably a mistake in the first part, but if you did, it's time to move on, right? And Kenny Stills, is he in your lineup? Uh, no, actually, I don't like either one of them this week. I, I think Oakland is going to play them very tough, as a matter of fact. Uh, I know a lot of people have uh, are, are thinking Tannehill's going to be a value in this one. But look, Oakland's 0-2, but they also played the Rams and the Broncos. Not, you know, not easy matchups. Uh, you know, Miami, like you said, Tennessee and the Jets, you know, not world breakers in any sense of the world. Word. I, I think Oakland plays Miami's uh, wide receivers tough. I think if I'm playing anybody, I, I give the shot to Stills because I think he's always a threat to score a, a breakaway touchdown. I don't like Parker. I have literally no shares of Parker in all my leagues. Uh, I just I've never been a big believer in anyway, and with him coming into the season injured, I, he just was not on my draft radar. So I do not own him anywhere. I would not play him. I do think you know if you draft him, then you might as well wait and see what happens now that he will get in the lineup. But at the same time, you know I, I don't own him. Neither do I. I wasn't touching. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. You know, I think Miami is going to eventually uh, go away from him as well. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback in the least. Do we like Kenyon Drake? I mean, uh, Miami, uh, so far this season, Drake has 43. I mean, uh, Drake has 25 rushing attempts. Frank Gore has 18. That equals 43. That's where that number came from. So there's, eh, I mean, the edge is certainly to Drake. He catches more balls as well. But Gore is not going away here. What are your feelings about Drake? Yeah, that scares me. The fact that Gore is still so highly involved is definitely a concern for Drake owners. We didn't, you know, envision this even when they brought Gore over. For me, I thought it was more of a, you know, if something happens to Drake, then we always have Gore to fall back on. But Gore isn't going away. Well, he's 35 years old and shattering the myth that, you know, all running backs over 30 are useless because he continues to play well when given a chance. He's going out there and putting, you know, numbers on the board. So they're going to continue to give him chances. And as long as they do, that just kills Drake's value. Game pick time. Miami's minus three over on his 44 and a half. Who you got? Uh, Another one that's tough. I'm actually, I'm going to take Oakland with the points. I think they, you know, send Miami into the loss column this week. Um, and I am going to take the over in this one. You and I agree once again. I, uh, and I listen, I hate it because I'm, I worry about the East Coast, West Coast thing playing the early game. I know what the stats say. But I think Gruden gets his first win as well, uh, or first win in his new uh, second tenure with Oakland here. I think he does get the win here. I think it does go over as well as Neva team. I, I don't think Neva team has all that great a defense. So I will agree with you there. Well, the find that we disagree on. Sure. Actually, I think we've disagreed on a few of them. Green Bay, Washington. Uh, Green Bay is minus three and a half over under five, 45 and a half. I'm assuming you, neither one of us is worried about Aaron Rodgers. We already answered that question earlier that we're starting Rodgers. Uh, are we starting all three wide receivers here? Are you starting? I mean, I know we're starting Adams. Are we starting Cobb? Are we starting Geronimo Allison? Uh, yeah, I think if you have him, you, you want to put him on the field. You know, right now, 
Green Bay has an implied point total of, you know, over 24 points. So they're going to put some points on the board. Rodgers is going to sling it around. You know, of course, Devontae Adams is the number one. But there's going to be some sprinkling to Cobb as well as Geronimo Allison. So, yeah, I, I think if you got him in your lineup, as long as Rodgers is starting, you got to put him out there. Definitely a threat to score at any time. Once again, I agree. Uh, Green Bay is just uh, it's, it's still a uh, passing offense. But we got to talk about the running backs. Right. No, we Aaron really, Jones, we back. really don't. We, we, we really don't. No. Oh, you're getting questions about these three too. I know you are because I know <laughs> I am. All right, Aaron Jones back this week from suspension, but McCarthy, in all his wisdom, says, "Well, he's still third on the depth chart, pretty much. He's still behind Jamal Williams, still behind Ty Montgomery." I actually don't have a problem with that because, hey, first game back, prove it, make sure you're in shape, all that sort of stuff. But I think this may be the last game. He's three on that depth chart. So, what are you doing with this running game, both tomorrow? And for the rest of the season. Look, it may not be that he's he moves up after this game. Look, the, the one thing here I could say about these running backs is that the best one at pass protection is Williams, by far. Um, at, Jones is not very good at, at all. And now that you have a gimpy Rodgers already, they're going to keep Williams on the field because he's better protection for Rodgers than Jones is. And that that's going to hurt Jones continuously. So right now, look, I don't have any of these guys on my rosters. This is one of the backfields uh, that I just went into the season saying I didn't want any t- part of it. If there's anybody I own at all, it's Ty Montgomery because I was able to get him, you know, 13th round, 14th round early on in some drafts. So I took the, the risk there. But so far, that's not paying off either. These running backs, look, if they're not getting it done, Rogers is just going to throw the ball. We know that. And he's just going to continue to throw the ball, and he doesn't care. Uh, they put up points, whatever they want to do. The running backs are superfluous to that. They don't care about the running backs. They're not getting them as much involved. At some point, you got to expect one of these guys to come out and be the leader, but nobody's taking that job. Maybe Jones does it, but he's going to be hampered by the fact that he's not good at pass protection. Speaking of Ty Montgomery, were you surprised coming at the training camp that they didn't move him back to receiver? You know, they let Nelson go. They didn't have a lot uh, receiver behind Adams. Cobb was a slot guy. Uh, and Geronimo Allison. Were you surprised they didn't move him back there? You had Williams. You had Aaron Jones after a couple of games. And yeah, they have another back as well. I, I was surprised. I thought they would move him back to wide receiver. Did this surprise you as well? No, because I think they really like the young guys that they have. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had some good preseason games, showed off a lot of speed, uh, created separation. I think they really like Equanimous St. Brown as well. Um, you know, I think they even like Jamon Moore eventually at some point. He gets involved in this game plan. So, you know, yeah, I think they like the young guys that they have behind Adams and Cobb enough that they were even considering releasing Cobb. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they like the young guys too much. I think they're going to keep Montgomery as a running back and see where they can use him. Yeah, I think in the end you're right. I think that's exactly what happened there. They just enjoy it, like those guys more. Uh, I Like you, I only own uh, Montgomery in one league, and same reason as you. I think it got him around 14. So he was worth it a backup running back, but not really doing much. I'm not worried about him here. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Redskins when we get back from break here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, are you at all worried long-term with the knee? He said it's not, you know, it's really, it could get worse, not better. Does this concern you at all or just player speak? He's fine. You, you know, I'm not trading. I'm not doing anything. He's Aaron Rodgers. No, you, at this point, I wouldn't do anything. The, the only thing I would say, look, if you were lucky enough to draft you know, Rodgers and then get Mahomes, I might look to trade Rodgers depending on what I can get for him. Always put it out there and see what you can get for him because it is a realistic thing that the knee could go. Absolutely. Anyone's tradable. Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll take your phone calls after this. Call Shadow Angle. Let us know what question you want to ask.